Well, I have a lot to discuss, and the first and foremost thing that I won't discuss is the Colts. They don't deserve to be first and foremost on this podcast. So we will get to them later on in the show and the act that they continue to put out there uh, despite the win last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Titans' performance on Sunday is just terrible. Welcome into the Tony D Podcast brought to you by Flooring is Forever. Flooring is Forever.com, 317-755-1246 with over 20 years of experience. Here locally in Indianapolis, Flooring is Forever has you covered. If you're looking to upgrade the flooring in your home or business, get a hold of Harley today. Check them out. Flooring is Forever. Flooringisforever.com, 317-755-1246. I'm going to start with some good things on the Tony D podcast. Um, in the middle of a move, so no longer going to be a Broad Ripple resident. Uh, moving is an absolute bitch. I'll just say that, as everybody knows. Uh, I kind of did it myself. I, I had some time. Luckily, I had some time uh, between places, so so that's good. And uh, we'll just move forward and, and and try to make life a little bit better and, and keep on rolling. I think a lot of people have saw some tweets of mine um, regarding what has gone around my uh, apartment complex, a place that I've lived at for 10 years, but it's kind of uh, gone downhill over the last year, to say the least, with uh, some, some shootings and some police activity, so probably time for me to go ahead and just uh, bail on the entire situation. So uh, looking forward to being closer to downtown and um, being able to walk to some Pacer games and such, which we aren't too far away from as we are uh, the first week of October, one of my favorite weeks of the year. One, because high school football is ramping up. I had an awesome game a week and a half ago. I know I didn't do a podcast last week against Heritage Christian taking on Covenant Christian. And it was a wild back and forth game. We had a blocked punt. And the last play of the game, tied at 28, Covenant Christian's quarterback ran around, got strip-sacked from the 50, and it was a scoop and score. So um, if you follow me on Twitter, at Tony the Indy, you probably saw that. And, and I, I thought to myself, I could do a lot of high school football games for the rest of my life, and I don't know if I'll ever see that kind of ending. So um, certainly a lot of crazy things happen in football, but um, fun week coming up. It's my, it's my birthday week. I turned 34 this week, so... Uh, there's that. The Larry Bird year is about to be in the books, and we'll move on to the Akeem Olajuwon year. Coming up with uh, me turning 34 on October the 8th. I'm going to start <clears throat> with Purdue. And a lot of Indiana teams, IU, even Notre Dame, obviously the Colts, there's this level of like, we know this team is good. They just have to execute. They just have to be able to put... And it's, I know it's an old cliche, but you got to be able to put four quarters together. you got to be able to play tough throughout four quarters. What I saw out of Purdue on Saturday was an ugly football game on both sides, yes. But Purdue's biggest Achilles heel this year, the year before, um, you know, tr- my buddy Trent could tell you, Doug uh, from the UPS store and Fishers could tell you, y- you just, you wait for them to win close games. And if, the stat was right that I heard on the radio listening to the game on Saturday. The Boilermakers have led like late in the fourth quarter in all of their games. They obviously blew it on the last possession to Penn State. Um, they came down and won against, was it FIU or F? It was either, no, I think it was Florida Atlantic on homecoming Saturday night a week ago. Uh, Syracuse game we know came down to the final possession. But Purdue did what it needed to do. It made plays late in the fourth quarter to win a football game. They made, they got down, got the field goal to go up three, and then obviously the, the long touchdown score, I think it was a 68-yarder, a and then it was punched in from the two. Purdue did what it had to do to win a football game, which is a lot of times 
with Purdue we haven't seen. Um, I think Purdue is a lot better than their three and two record. They could easily be four and one. They could easily be five and zero. Oh. You know, you, you a defensive stop against that Syracuse team will always come back to haunt you, as well as the end of that Penn State game to kind of open up the season where um, you kind of got yourself to a, to a decent lead and had a great first half and just couldn't quite finish it off. So excited for what Purdue can do. I, I think you look at their schedule and, and, and their side of the division, um, I'm telling you, Purdue has a chance. I'm not going to say that they're going to um, go to the Big Ten game here in Indianapolis, but look, you've got an Illinois team that, just came off a big loss, or excuse me, came off a big win to Wisconsin. That moved Wisconsin to zero and two. Everybody in the everybody in the Big Ten West right now is one and one: Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa. Purdue has already beat Minnesota at Minnesota. Illinois is a beatable team. Northwestern, who is zero and three at home, and has that one neutral site win. Um, this Purdue team, you get Maryland. On the road Saturday, that's going to be tough. Maryland's a good team, but that's a winnable game. You get Nebraska at home, winnable game. Going to Wisconsin, winnable game. Iowa coming to town, winnable game. Illinois on the road, winnable game. Northwestern on the road, or excuse me, Northwestern at at at, at Ross State Stadium, winnable game. And then you go at IU, who's been kind of hit or miss. So um, Purdue right now sitting three and two. Um, I don't know if they beat Maryland. Anything's possible with Aiden O'Connor if he is healthy. But let's say you lose to Maryland, go to three and three. I think you beat Purdue. You could beat Wisconsin. That's five and three. You could beat Iowa. That's six and three. You could beat Illinois. That's seven and three. If you play Purdue Boilermaker football and your defense can step up and Aiden O'Connell can continue to stretch out defenses with dishes to the tight end, dishes to um, you know, some of their some of their top players, as we know. I mean, Charlie Jones, I think, still leads the, the country. In receptions, there is a good chance that Purdue can play in that Big Ten championship game. I'll say it now. I, I know I didn't want to. Then we just looked at the schedule. Now, do I think they have the chance to beat a Michigan or an Ohio State in that game? Probably not, but that at least puts you in a pretty decent New Year's Bowl. Um, so high expectations for Purdue, but based on what I saw, I think that they can they can make it, they can make it to Indianapolis. You lose, you probably become the third Big Ten team, depending on where Penn State's ranked, who also beat you. But you're still looking at a Gator Bowl. You could still be looking at, um, you know, a pretty respectable bowl, which Purdue hasn't been to in a very long time. I mean, no offense to some of the bowl games that they've been to in the Music City Bowl, but we're talking about a, you know, an ABC type Fox situation uh, and a major New Year's Day bowl. So. Um, big expectations for Purdue. We'll see if they can fire it through and keep it going. Your Purdue update brought to you by the UPS store in Fishers off of Oleo Road. Check them out today for all of your packing and shipping needs to help your small business get to where it knows it can get to. Check them out, upsstore.com or the smiling faces on Oleo Road in Fishers right in front of the Kroger. Um, so I had the cool responsibility. I don't know if it's a responsibility or what exactly you would call it. But um, my buddy, Sean, who if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, have seen many times. He's a good friend of mine. Um, we always hold up the number one finger. That's kind of his thing. Um, he got married on Friday downtown Indianapolis. And he had asked me back in May, right before Scott Dixon set the poll record at the Indianapolis 500, if 
I would officiate him and his wife, Melissa's wedding. And I was like, of course, why wouldn't I be there? Uh, so that was cool. Got through it all. I didn't stutter. Um, it was a beautiful wedding, beautiful re- rehearsal dinner, beautiful reception. Um, shout out to Brozini's Pizza and Speedway for catering. Had a great um, dessert bar, but it was just a lot of fun. Um, I busted out the 1998 Jeff Gordon tie, uh, the Rainbow Warriors. If you saw that on my Twitter account. Um, Sean is a huge Jeff Gordon fan, as am I. Uh, Sean is a huge racing fan. Even his wife mentioned NASCAR in their um, vows to each other at the altar. And it was awesome. Um, Sean and I met on MySpace, actually, in Thomas Schechter's like, fan forum and then became friends when we were both living back in Indianapolis and have gone to a lot of races together. And it was cool to be a part of that. And, and I didn't stutter and I didn't talk too fast and I made eye contact. So um, that was all good. Uh, that's the fifth wedding I think I've done. Uh, two for two for friends of mine, and then and then three kind of uh, random occurrences. So had a lot of fun doing that, and 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 hopefully one day we'll get to officiate another wedding, and maybe someday Sean or my buddy Gordon or somebody will be able to officiate mine. But let's not put the cart before the horse, right? I mean, what do you want to talk about with the Colts? Uh, you know, when you looked at the schedule coming into the season, you thought, okay, well, they could probably win uh, of their first four games. Probably a really good chance that they win. Um, you know, three of those, they, they can beat the Jags, they can beat the Titans, they can certainly beat the Houston Texans on the road, and then they probably won't beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's been the, the exact opposite. You kind of had some momentum heading into that home opener, and you thought maybe to carry over and just, look, this is not a good football team. You know, I had concerns going in that I said on this podcast, I tweeted, I don't see how this team gets to nine wins. I really don't. And a lot of that is based on last year, and, and a team is different in week two than they are in week seven. And then in week seven, they're different than they, what they'll be in week 12 and injuries and all this. But based on paper, I had a hard time getting this team to nine wins on the season. And you look at it now with two losses, a win, and a tie. Um, the future for this Colts team on a short week going to Denver on Thursday night, that doesn't look like it's going to be a win. I mean, they're going to have to keep Russell Wilson in the box. They're going to have to do a lot on a short week in a, in a mile-high destination that doesn't usually add up to a win. Another bad performance, especially in the first half, playing from behind on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Um, Kenny Moore has been absent from this football team. And Gakway hasn't really been around. Quiddy Pay had his first sack yesterday, and it kind of – was the only time we'd really heard of him. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, didn't really hear from him until he had that pass interference call. So uh, Matt Ryan, 10 fumbles in four games. I mean, that is a major problem. I mean, that is an astronomical problem that, you know, one bounce in, in a different direction and, you know, that could be going the other way or sets up short field position like we have seen in the past. So... Um, there's a lot of discipline issues. There is a lot of um, people not being held accountable, right? So we came into the season, and Jim Mersey preached, "Hey, here's my here's my here's my take on the season: is if you're not going to walk into 56th Street with all chips in, don't walk in at all." And there are a lot of people that are walking into that building that clearly 
are not putting their best foot forward or their best effort, and they're losing football games as they should be winning, and they're losing them in embarrassing fashion. I mean, you're down 24-3 at halftime. There are literally people. I've seen it on Facebook. I saw it on Twitter because I even reached out to a guy and, that said, I'm just going to give up my season tickets. If anybody wants tickets for the remainder of the season, if Frank Reich or Ballard remain in their positions, then you can just go in my place because I don't want to go. Here's the thing. Jim is not going to fire anybody. And, and I have stuck to this on this podcast, and it was when I was in radio as well. I am a fan of Jim Mercy. I am. Um, you know, does a lot of, of good. But he is a loyal guy that's probably not going to fire somebody of importance midseason. Now, maybe you'll see a special teams coordinator let go. Gus Bradley should be let go. Uh, the defense couldn't. I mean, every time Derrick Henry got the ball, by the time he was touched, he was at least three yards past the line of scrimmage. I think in the NFL, anybody can win on any given Sunday is, 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 is the old cliche. And that's, and that's why the Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs last Sunday. But that was a flash in a pan. What this team actually is is what we've seen in the other three contests and losing to Jacksonville in an embarrassing fashion. Losing to Tennessee, having to try to come back from down 20, was it 24-3? And then the tie when you were down 20 in the second half to the Houston Texans who, have they won a game since? Um, if I'm Jim Mercer and I'm not embarrassed by the performance and I'm not embarrassed by the coaching staff and what's going on with everybody that has a horseshoe on their chest or horseshoe on their helmet – I don't know what it's going to take. This is, this is, and I'm not going to say rock bottom because this still has a lot of potential to get worse for Colts fans. But this, you know, Andrew Luck retiring is probably the biggest shock in in Colts history. But but if you look at where the franchise is, they haven't won the division in how long? Um, there are a couple trips to the playoffs for a while. I think their last division was 2017, 2016. It's not a playoff football team. Matt Ryan has clearly got a lot of work to do. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crush him too badly outside of the fumbles just yet. He's made some throws. But that wide receiver room, the tight ends have had to pick up the slack. The tight ends have had to cover the wide receivers' asses. Michael Pittman didn't do anything in his return back on Sunday. Jonathan Taylor got put in a box, couldn't do anything. Paris Campbell had a decent day. Mo Ali Cox is the one who picked up again, just like the other tight end did last week. Uh Short week going to Denver. Why that's a good thing? Well, one, because you don't really have a chance to look back and you get a chance to, within three days, go back out and try to win a football game. Denver's going to be a tough place to play. Um, It's obviously different with the altitude. If you can somehow beat the Broncos, and the only way they're beating the Broncos is a low-scoring, Russell Wilson has a crappy game and ends up being like 20-13 to type game. That's the only way they're going to win this. If they get involved in a shootout, ain't going to happen. If they come out and get smacked in the mouth and have to try to come back from down early, it's not going to happen. I'm not saying the Broncos are world beaters. I'm certainly not saying that. But this is a football team that can't go on the road in Tennessee, or, or excuse me, can't go on the road to Denver and win a football game. Broncos 2-2, two and two, loss to the Raiders this past weekend, coming off a loss. Um, it's, it's a quick turnaround. It is a quick turnaround. And Broncos this year have won ugly games, and they've lost ugly games. 32 points they gave up over the weekend was the most by a long shot. They beat the Niners last week, as we know, 11-10. to 10. 
beat the Broncos six, excuse me, beat the Texans 16 to 9 and lost to the Seahawks in week 1 on that Monday Nighter 17-16. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an ugly low-scoring game for the Colts. And that's a game that they can win. That's a game that their defense can gain some confidence. That defensive line can step up. These names that we've talked about, the offensive line can protect. If you want a turnaround game for your season, it's coming up this Thursday against the Denver Broncos on a quick short turnaround. Coming off of an ugly loss with a bad taste in your mouth. If this team reacts and wins this football game, doesn't matter if it's three to nothing, if it's fourteen to seven, I would say, I mean, I would say it'd be on a game winning field goal, but uh I don't know, Chase McLaughlin might might land that one in somewhere near Fort Collins if he has to kick a game winner on Thursday night. But if you can win this football game, you can turn things around. You you really can. It 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 I guess I'm going back to my internal optimist here. But if you can win this football game against the Broncos, you get the Jaguars at home in a payback game on a mini-buy, right? You go through the weekend, you, you prepare for a Jacksonville team that you just lost to. Then you can prepare to go to Tennessee and take on a Tennessee Titans team that in the second half you played a lot better against and kind of controlled, but had a bad first quarter, or excuse me, bad first half. Then you get the Commanders coming to town, winnable game, revenge against Carson Wins. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at some playoff quality teams and the Patriots who played well against the Packers, the Raiders who are trying to turn their season around, the Eagles who have been phenomenal this year, the Steelers who are decent, depends on what the quarterback situation is, Cowboys have been playing well, Vikings have been playing well, Chargers are playing well. So you're going to have a stretch of playoff teams in there that really can gain your confidence. And if you're playing your best football as a Colts franchise, you can win those games, but it starts with Denver. There's no more worrying about the division. There's no more really worrying about the playoffs. We're worrying about week at a time winning football games. But if you lose to Denver, you have another um, haphazard, uh, piss-poor performance like we've seen and like we saw to start that game on Sunday. Jim's got to make a change. And I know everybody's going to say, well, if you want to really hurt Jim Irsay, do it in his pocketbooks. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Season tickets are already paid for. Season tickets are already paid for. So it doesn't matter. You're going to go there or not and not uh, – not supports concession stand workers that are raising money for their marching band or whatever, then that's fine. Jim Mercy is not going to be hitting his pocketbooks because you decide, because 15 people decide not to go to a football game. But if you lose to Denver, you will lose the city. People will be jumping over to the Pacers bandwagon, especially if the Pacers somehow in, in, a, in a very young team get off to a hot start. But you'll, you'll lose the team. And this is a franchise that has lied about a lot of things has kept GMs well over their stay, has kept had football coaches well over their stay, um, has not been able to get the quarterback position right since Andrew Luck retired, which is crazy. You look at kind of Jacoby Brissett having some good success in Cleveland. Um, even Carson Wentz is doing okay in Washington. But you lose and, 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 you, and you lay an egg on Thursday. I'm talking drastic changes, firing, See what Nick Foles can do. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna have to be ugly, and you get that kind of extended mini buy, and it's time to, it's time to stop being sunshine and rainbows over on Fifty Sixth Street. It really is. That's all we hear is we're getting better, and there were things that we could do, and we just got to execute. Well, you know what? Yeah, you do got to execute, and you haven't. So why is that? And who's going to be held accountable for it? Who's stepping up? Who's going to be? that person that'll step up uh, and we'll see what happens coming up uh, on Thursday. So 
We'll see what happens. Thanks to Flooring Is Forever, FlooringIsForever.com, the UPS store in Fishers. We'll see what the Colts can do. Um, IU lost at Nebraska over the weekend. Their name returns coming up, and we're getting into the the high school football last two weeks of the season. Um, I've got a game coming up on Friday night on Indiana SRN, so uh, stick tight to my social media channels for that game if you want to tune in. Thanks so much for listening to the Tone of the Podcast. We'll talk soon.